Hey friends, welcome into the Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and we are continuing along in our newest series called In Conversation With. In this series, we're focusing on connecting with other business owners in the events industry and chatting through all of our successes, our failures, networking, navigating your clients, and what we've done to overcome these obstacles along the way. So listen into today's episode. Welcome into the Render Podcast. I'm your host, Cam, and I'm excited to be recording with Corbin of Night Owl Coffee. He's been a good friend of mine for many years and is also a business owner in this crazy world of events. He owns Night Owl Coffee, which is a mobile coffee service for events, for weddings and corporate events and any event that you have, um, even in your backyard. So Corbin, thank you for being here with me today. Will you tell our guests a little bit about yourself? Cam, always a pleasure to be at Render HQ. Um, like you said, we're um, we're a coffee catering group of hooligans, and we travel everywhere from weddings to corporate events to social events uh, and bring a better coffee experience than people are used to. So my name is Corbin. I own Night Owl Coffee. I started the business in 2018, uh, and now it's 2023. So we're coming up on a six-year-old birthday here uh, at the end of the year. And we are talking today about energy and keeping yourself sustained and not burning out. And so who better to come in than the caffeine king himself, <laughs> That's right. um, the caffeine captain. Um, we get to bring energy to people in all aspects, but we also have to watch ourselves and to sustain ourselves because in the midst of high volume um, event service, we can find ourselves burning out as well. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you remember, I met you at Archer Rebecca's wedding. It was like one of your very first weddings and you did, I think, charcuterie stuff and coffee, if I remember correctly. It was at Providence you're, Church. You're taking me back. <laughs> so long that ago. That might have been like wedding number five for us. Literally at the very beginning. So that would have been yes. in 2018. Yep. And we did not do charcuterie, although you probably oh, saw me just around the table probably. eating someone else's charcuterie. <laughs> um, we did do a very unique setup. I remember that wedding. We did a full nitro cold brew bar, which we had never done before and have never done again since. Oh, my gosh. Um, but I think that was the story of being a young entrepreneur is just trying whatever you can to get business yeah. and whatever the client wants. Um, but I'm glad that you reminded me that's where we met because I know it I is. Yeah, it's where I met you for the very first time. Um, but we've talked a little bit before we started recording about growth path and I've been a front seat into your growth over the many years from 2018 to 2023, which is crazy. And you went through a very hard time through COVID. And the thing that you were talking about was you have always had a growth mindset. And I don't know if you've read the book by Carol Dweck about growth mindset versus fixed mindset. It's a really fantastic book if you haven't read it, but it's called Mindset. And it talks about when you have a growth mindset, you always have something to achieve versus a fixed mindset thinking, this is it. I'm just going to keep running this play over and over and over and over and over again until I'm forced to do something differently. And I think you've had a great um, front seat in seeing the growth that you've had instead of saying, well, their wedding went great. I'm just going to do this over and over and over and over again. You've continued to um, figure out a different way to do it in a better way. Yeah. Even after event. I haven't heard of that book. That will be probably the 400th book to add to my Amazon <laughs> cart that I might not yeah. get to this year. 
Um, I did just read. It is a long book. It does take a little bit of like time to really process, but the whole point is like growth versus fix. An Atlas shrugged length book. Yes. I did just read Unreasonable Hospitality, which is one I would strongly suggest. I'm in Um, the midst of that one. uh, I am. It just came out last year, didn't it? I don't know the release date on it. It's a um, yellow cover. It's a yellow cover. Yes. Uh, and I would strongly recommend, I'm going to actually incorporate it into eventually this year, kind of teams onboarding and training and really um, having everyone yeah. see life um, as well as work and yeah. career through that lens. And I mean, it's, like it's a game changer. two or changer. three chapters in and it's fantastic so far. Yeah. So that was my first audiobook ever. I've nice. always been anti-audiobook and I gave it a shot because of life's busyness. And I was yeah. like, I don't have time to sit down and read anymore. Yeah. Um, so but you that, have time to listen in the car. I have time to listen in the car. You know, our world and events, we are often on the road. Yeah. And so that's a strong recommendation. You know, on the idea of fixed growth versus um, what was the other phrase used in the book? Growth mindset. Growth versus mindset fixed. versus fixed mindset. I think both can exist um, together. So, mm-hmm. for instance, our on the product side, we've always been more fixed. We've actually been very focused on not releasing new SKUs, not releasing new services and being very good at what we do. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, you're always getting a little better. You know, early on, you find different ways to incorporate brand and and to bring on corporate clients and to add on and this or that. But the core service, we're espresso bar catering. Right. Um, And we've never fallen down the trap, the tracks of getting brought into bartending or being brought or pulled into other things that can, you know, we get asked all the time, do you guys do pastries? And we're like, yes, we have great pastry partners. We'll connect you. Right. But you could easily find yourself, oh, You're not gonna should be we should whipping we start, up something in the kitchen? <laughs> should we start baking? And then next thing you know, hey, babe, I need you to bake some. So, right. Um, right. so we've always been very fixed in our service because right from, from the beginning, we were focused on a craft service and being very intentional in that. But in the team growth side and in future planning and in where we're going as a team and culture, that's where I think we're very growth minded. Mm-hmm. And we're always thinking, okay, how can we do this better? How can we execute on the back end better? How can we make delivery better? How can we be more profitable? All those things. So that's where we're always more focused on the growth mind. Yeah. That's what she talked a lot about in the book was be really good at what you do and perfect that and like keep running that over and over, but never stick in the mundaneness in those things. It was just fantastic. Well, I've got a new read now. I know. So as soon as we wrap up this podcast, You're I'm going to add go it add into my cart. Amazon. I'm going to yeah. add it into the cart. <laughs> there you go. Uh, We're also talking about just energy level and very busy seasons, which I feel like for the last 10 months, it's just continued to be a busy season. We haven't really had that like drop in um, a slower season, which is sometimes what we look forward to so that we can focus on our processes or our systems or perfecting things that maybe didn't go so well in busier times as the king of caffeine. And someone who runs on caffeine probably you probably have it pumping through your blood most times. I don't have blood. You I, don't. I, no, you it's have just coffee. it's just all coffee. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if you cut me, you'll just coffee. Yeah, just will coffee. Turn no out. red. Exactly. It's only brown. No red. All brown. Out. Yeah. Um, how do we sustain that energy without maybe having to rely on coffee? What has sustained your energy throughout the you know, years? You know, I love it. I love the chance to get to speak on podcast or or talk with groups because. At the end of the day, I don't have the answers and we're still figuring it out and yeah. we're still making mistakes. So I think anytime you hear someone on a podcast who's in a professional setting or in a position where you can learn from them, like on the other end, you're still learning yourself. Yeah. Um, and so this is a challenge for us. I mean, it's one of the, it's one of the hardest things. So 
event volume wise, we'll probably do about 800 events this year. That's um, fantastic. And That's so great. it's fantastic in terms of how it looks on the spreadsheet, how it looks on right. the chart. But if, you know, the what numbers. we've run into is you kill your own people and, and you sacrifice your people at the cost of growth. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm focused right now is how to, how to balance that, that ambition to grow versus yeah. the ability to sustain your, not only your people, but yourself. Yeah. Now as owners, we have, we have more natural energy because we're more motivated. Right. We can do we things that others it. can't. And nice. then in that we can expect them to have, we should, we expect them to be able to produce the same level. Yeah. And so just learning that in your team, I think right now we're in a sweet spot where we're at the wicks end of some of our people and we're just being able to reevaluate and say, okay, all right, let's, let's slow down. Let's reevaluate your role. Do we have you doing too much? Yeah. And let's refocus because right. I want all of our people in a place. I tell our people, I want you to work hard and I don't want your work to be easy. Right. But I want it to fly by and be fun. Right. And I want you to be motivated by it. Right. Um, if you just want a slow paced work life, that's what corporate America is for. Right. You um, will not find that here. You won't find that in our industry. Right. Um, and so we're, we're in the middle of learning all that. So I hope in our conversation today, we can spark some thoughts and ideas and even maybe even discover something chatting with each other. Yeah. That we're like, oh yes, we're still figuring that out ourselves. So I think overall, you know, that's a topic for anyone in our industry, how to maintain your people, how to inspire, how to preserve, how to sustain while also growing. So yeah. that's essentially, I think, yeah. what we'll be talking about today. I mentioned this on an episode with Tracy, which whoever's listening to this, you may have listened to that episode, but I am in, in Arte Syndicate. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it is a entrepreneur mastermind type of um, group with Ed Milet. Ed was talking a couple weeks ago and he said, the thing that I made mistakes in early on in my life as an entrepreneur was I didn't care about my employees as much as I do today. And he said, one of the things that I say over and over and over and over again is he tries to find out what that employee, what their goal is. Maybe their goal is to go to Hawaii. Maybe their goal is to own a house someday. Maybe their goal is to own a really nice car, like whatever their goals are. Cause as business owners, we talk about our goals. We want um, financially in a certain place. We want our business to be financially in a certain place. We want to be located in a certain area of town. We want to expand to certain areas. We want to own this house. We want to go on this vacation. We talk about those things because we're the business owner. But how often are we asking our employees, what do you want to do? Where do you want to travel? What things do you want to own? What do you want to work towards? You want to you have a whole bunch of debt from school that you want to pay off. Like what are the things that you are personally working for in your own life, not just a paycheck. And then what he does is he reframes that and he says, Hey, when we hit this goal, whether it be financial or um, success driven or whatever it is, when we as a team hit this goal, I can't wait to help you do X. And so if it's um, going to Hawaii, which is one of my favorite things to do, and some of my employees, they love going to Hawaii. I say, when we hit $1.2 million this year, not if we, it's when we hit this, I can't wait to send you to Hawaii. I can't wait to do this for you. And so then it brings the team in together and yes, it's going to be busy. And yes, we have these huge goals that we're working towards, but it's not only beneficial to me, it's now beneficial to you as well. 
because I'm either going to, you know, compensation wise, whatever plan you have them on, whether it's salary, bonus driven, um, compensation for commission, whatever you have them on pay rate wise. Um, maybe if you're just on salary or hourly, maybe you add in a bonus of if you work your tail off like I am, not only am I going to get to go where I want to go, but I'm going to send you where you want to go because you're going to now earn this extra amount of money. And you can figure that out in your own business. But what I loved what he said was, it's not just my goals and my ambitions. It's now yours too. And let's work together to get to both of our goals. It gives meaning. Yeah. It gives meaning because I think we've, we've, I've learned um, that at the end of the day, financial compensation is never going to satisfy. Right. Um, it might temporarily, but the next bonus, someone's expecting more or more right. or more. So I think it's brilliant. And I started by saying, we're going to learn something today. I've learned that already. I'm taking back that back to our organization and I'm going to start thinking that way. So how can we take a quarterly bonus or a pay and actually let you know we care about you right. and love you and want to help you accomplish right. those things? So I love that. So right. If there's anything that comes out of this, it's that I'm going to take that back to our team and we're going to run with that. So um, it's helped me even being in business almost 11 years now. It helps me figure out how do I need to um, care about the people on my team now. And maybe I didn't do this before and we all learn from mistakes. I've been a crappy leader in the past, but I've learned things through RIT Syndicate and through going to conferences and listening, listening to other people on podcasts. But I think that's something that helps not only in your growth, but keeping people along the journey of your growth instead of stepping on, like you've talked about, stepping on other people to get further on in business and then they drop off because they're overwhelmed or they're overworked or they just can't do it anymore. So as a business owner, I think especially when you're growth driven, you get to a point where maybe you're approaching a sales goal, approaching a great metric, and then you have this opportunity to surpass it. Mm -hmm. And so I think there can be a drop off psychologically with your team and your employees that once we hit that goal, I think the natural response from employee driven people is cool. We've hit our goal, but then the owner yeah. wants to keep driving. Right. And so I think that we have to connect that gap on saying, okay, how do we keep driving? Right. But also send the message that we don't want to send the message to our team that it's never enough. He'll never stop. Right. She'll never stop. Right. And they're burning us out. So I think that's really good with applying after we hit those goals and say, hey, here's where we want to drive to. And then here's that incentive. When we drive, when we drive past that goal, mm -hmm. this is when I want to make sure that you felt you feel that we're investing in the things you want to do. Right. And those bonuses are so that you can go take your family to Hawaii right. or you can do this or you right. can pay off your student debt. So right. I love that it becomes I was just listening to another book, um, Simon Sinek book, um, and talks about really goes through some of the, some painful U.S. history. I mean, Nazi Germany to, well, obviously it's not U.S. history <laughs> entirely, but Nazi Germany to just some kind of horrific things, just global history and talking about the idea that when we just reduce everything to numbers, nothing really matters. Right. So I love the idea that when we can have personal connections, we can achieve our financial goals, we can drive, but also incentivize and motivate our team. Right. So yeah, you talked about energy levels and the caffeine man, he should he should have the answer. So we do sometimes, but where I think what's cool is we're also all learning from each other. Um, you know, we maybe more than any other vendor category are so Q4 driven. 
we're about 35 to 40% of our business in Q4. I don't know if that lines up across the industry or if we're a little inflated in that number being coffee and it being cold weather. Um, but we kind of always expect that. I think in the past we had done about 50% of our business in Q4. And as we grow, like 50% yeah. is no longer sustainable. So we're seeing about 37 to 40% of our business in Q4 right now. Um, and so we get to Q2 and we're thinking, oh, this is going to be a light quarter. Right. And next thing you know, it's as big as the previous Q4 yeah. and you're just... So we're always we're always in the middle of growing more than we even thought we were going to mm -hmm. with you know projections from the beginning of the year. So I think for our team right now we're looking around and saying how can we how can we preserve each other? We're 5 years into business, you're 11 years into business. You know there's a huge gap from 5 to 11 in what you've learned in yeah, that path. It's a big growth. For me the one thing I'm realizing in the middle of year 5 is you start your business and you're kind of more of just like a community of hustlers. You, you kind of started your business in almost anarchy towards corporate America. And so processes, showing up to work at eight, dress code, those were almost things that you never wanted to be around your business, mm -hmm. at least for me. Well, if you um, were like brought up and then you worked in corporate for so long, you're like, nope, you don't want anything you, to do with that. You literally, I wanted our business to be a standing symbol right. to kick all those things in the face. Right. And then you're, then you're getting to this point when you're a million dollar plus business and you're starting to say, oh, wow, now I get why all those things. Yeah. And so it's like the full circle of entrepreneurship. You're kind of in the naive, creative, yep. um, almost like artistic cycle season of entrepreneurship and then you're like in that you're growing up now and it's almost like you're starting to see okay i get why i needed to be at work at eight when i was in corporate america yeah because there's a lot happens, there, a lot happens. And, yeah. and the manager has to be able to know that, that right. his people are listening and you know on board with the company's mission all these things so we're in the middle of figuring that out so example great example for for on that topic We've never had work schedules. You hustle, you work, you mm -hmm. figure out your own schedule. Right. Work your own hours, whatever, but we got to get the job done. Right. Here's the event calendar. You respect the event calendar and then do whatever. If you can take a week off, do it. We're right. not counting PTO. Just yeah. do whatever. Getting to the point now we realize those defined days off, how they matter. Yeah. And I think for the entrepreneur, you can you can always go because your business is always on your mind anyways. Yeah. So what does it matter if you're not off or on? It's all the same thing. But for other people that are in your business that aren't owners, giving them that mental break, right. knowing they're not on. Well, and sometimes they crave that. They might not say they want that. Maybe they left corporate America to come to your business because they wanted the freedom and they wanted not the, you know, type A, this is how it's done and you can't waver from this. Sometimes they crave that instead of this, do what you want, make sure that these, you know, five things are done. But otherwise, live your life. Sometimes we need that. And I didn't realize that until I was about five years in business because I just, it was me and I had a whole, I have a group text of college guys and high school football players who were my delivery team. And I'd say, hey, next weekend I've got this, this, and this. Here's the shift times. Who, who wants it? And it was all the guys that had girlfriends that they wanted date night money. And I was like, great, I'll feed you pizza and I'll give you some date night money. And it worked, worked back then. But as I, I need, grew. I need to be in this group text so yeah. I can connect with all these guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but year five, I was in the same place. Like, all right, 
now that I'm established, now that I have a name in the business, I have skin in the game, I've, I've done some stuff that makes me worthy of being booked as a vendor. Now I have to set up some systems and processes, and that takes a lot of work. It does not happen overnight. But there's resources that we can use to make that happen. Back five years ago, there was no downloads. There was no like easy things to do. There was barely softwares to even book anything, which is crazy for five years ago. Like eight years ago, I was using spreadsheets for booking my inventory and like sending a Word document that I had typed up. Now we're a little bit more formalized. Hey, you, use whatever, <laughs> you use whatever's available to make it work. You do. And so I think there's there's some uh, there's like a hustler mentality that you can never look, take for granted in that. Um, yeah, of course. And and I still believe there's the most powerful software in the world's micro world is Microsoft Excel. So you know this is not yeah. a this is not a bash against that software yeah. at all. But there are some some definite tools. Yeah, um, I mean you, we still just, use spreadsheets to this day for tracking things and growth and understanding numbers and all that. So softwares are great for certain reasons, but spreadsheets are certainly necessary. And data, I mean, looking at last year numbers versus this year numbers and figuring out, okay, why were the numbers the way that they were last year? And why are they different this year? What changed either in the event environment and the economy of events or us as a business? Are we offering something different? Are we um, did something, did we do something amazing that made us more worthy? Did we do something that maybe wasn't so awesome that made us not worthy anymore? Who was on our team at those times? A lot of analysis happens as you grow into year five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, as you keep going, it's more mm-hmm. of the analysis. What do you see, not only in your own business, but across the industry, um, as kind of being the maybe the core subject to talk about on in relation to sustainability, efficiency, burnout? What do you see out there, even in your, in your own development. teams? Personal development has been one of the biggest things that I have looked at um, outside of our industry. I mean, people who aren't even in the event industry talking about how do you um, focus on your health, your mental health, your physical health. Those are the things that have helped me sustain because even as almost 11 years in business, there are a lot of seasons that are really, really hard. And there's a lot that's going on. And there's a lot of issues that pop up that I have to deal with or there's um, sales things that I have to work with or there's people to train or there's um, warehouses that are now too small that I now have to find a new warehouse. Like there's a lot of things that happen, especially as you grow, um, that going back to your physical and mental health, spiritual health, your family, things like that is really, really important. Something unfortunate that I learned a couple of years ago is that I can't use my family as an expense to go after my goals. And they are quick now to tell me, Hey mom, haven't seen you in a week. Like I miss you. I want to spend time with you. And that, that's the stuff that breaks my heart of like, Oh yeah, I forgot. I'm a mom. Like I have kids that want to see me. You're actually, you're actually a better businesswoman or businessman or leader in general when you can prioritize the things that truly matter. Yes. And I, and I've realized and, 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 Fortunately, praise God, I've I've always had the mindset that that, that com- being there for my my kids comes first. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't work harder. It just means I'm staying up till three a.m. more often than you are, right. more often than this person is. Right. 
to get the things done that, that can't get done because right. I, I need to spend that time with my kids. Right. Um, so I think the question I have is you have someone maybe who's in their first, second, third, fourth year of business listening. What's the biggest recommendation? What's the biggest thought provoking idea you can throw towards them? If you started this whole thing over and you're back at the beginning, how would you kind of rewrite that script? Honestly, I would rewrite it in the fact of thinking about year five in your first year and getting a mentor to help you do that. I didn't have a mentor in the beginning. I relied on YouTube and Google. That was my college or that was my like education for it. I didn't go to college. Um, what I would do is I I'd did focus. go to college and I would still recommend learning more yeah. from YouTube because YouTube is a better college than college. Yes. Well, I'm I just going to yes. just plug and I'm just plugging that YouTube yeah. did not pay me to say that, but no. I love intellectual curiosity when people want to yes. learn and there's so much you can teach yourself. Well, I had career day on Friday. I got to talk to my kid's school and he's second grade. And one of the questions that the teachers wanted us to answer was, what was the education that made you qualified for your job? And I said, I'm going to go off the cuff and say that I did not go to college. After high school, I started my business. And so my college was podcasts, online courses, conferences, and masterminds. And to go into the career that I have, you don't have to have a college degree. And I could, I could see the teachers like, I would be the <sighs> worst person for traditional teachers to invite yes. in because I would break down their entire system. Yeah. I and did tell so them why they're amazing way. and I love how sweet they are. Yes. Everything they teach. They're amazing. They're great. And <laughs> I'm so glad that school exists so that I can have someone to educate my kids. Yes. Because I don't necessarily have the time to do it. But yeah, I was like, you don't need, I mean, unless you're going to be a lawyer, a doctor, like an accountant, an engineer, those are the things that probably need college for people in my event industry. Because I talked about event entrepreneurship. You don't have to have a college degree for this. And the teachers just were like, oh gosh, I can't believe you're saying that. Um, but yeah, when I started my business, I didn't go to college. I literally graduated high school, started my business. And what I would do differently is I would look into someone who knew better, who had been down the path that I was looking to go down and hired them to be a mentor because I didn't have one. And I didn't know anyone at the time because I honestly didn't even do the research. I didn't even think about saying like, oh, maybe I should look up someone who's done this before and maybe go treat them to coffee and pay for their time. Or maybe they have a podcast or an online course, or maybe someone who doesn't necessarily do what I do, but they run an event business. Maybe I can figure out what they do. And so that's the whole reason I have this podcast is to hopefully show people the way when they're doing my specific um, type of business. But I'd say find someone who does what you do or similar and pay for that time because it's invaluable. I would say we're in this season where you want to onboard and you want to build your team and you want to grow at a pace that's just accelerating faster than your peers around you. And so you're almost kind of proud and excited for your mm -hmm. team's growth. But yet it can be toxic because you don't have an onboarding plan. You don't yeah. have really your culture is kind of almost in your head. And just with the, the attitudes of the people you have, but it's not a defined corporate culture where you bring someone in, there's a training program, there's onboarding, they have their desk and their lap. I mean, you're just bringing them in and saying, hey, kind of watch us and figure it out. Right. Um, and so we're in this season now where 
we're having to go back and recreate those things. Just the idea of, hey, I don't know what we tell people about us when they come to work for us. And so all these little things I think we took for granted in corporate America. In corporate America, you typically have the two-week onboarding process, mm-hmm. right? So for two weeks, you're training. You, for the first day, sit down in an auditorium or in a training room, and you learn what the company does. Right. And I think when you've been there, you take it for granted. But when you're on the other side, you're starting to say, wow, I wish we had those things. Yeah. Um, I wish we had really boring PowerPoint presentations <laughs> that really walked through the entire yeah booking process right. and the event industry landscape and what it means for clients to book us and, right. and the training videos that are horrible to watch when you're in corporate. But you start to see, wow, those things all make sense because they define the expectations. Yeah. Well, corporate is a really great example of how small businesses should be ran. But the great thing about not being corporate is you can do it in your own way. Do it in your you own can way. have your own fun way of doing things. On our most recent hires, first day, she got to go out on a delivery. That was her onboarding of like, here's what we do. I can tell you what I do. I can show you pictures of what we do. I can, and we used to work with her at her last place. So she knows what we do, but it's different when you're in the seat of actually doing it. And so we kind of trained by fire a little bit, uh, but we show them like, here's what we do. And then we come back and we say, here's our mission statement. Here's our core values and why we are who we are. Um, I'm, I'm, eight, I'm really 80% wired more on the tra- train by fire, like the, yeah. uh, throw them in and we do a really good job at that. But I think sometimes that has to be backed up Yes. with, Hey, here's what we did today. Here was that, that install, right. that training, that experience. And then here's some of the reasons we do that. Right. And so where we've missed out is coming on the back end of throwing someone in the fire and saying, right. you did great. You crushed right. it. But they never connect the why. Yeah. Hey, why did we do that? Right. We're a coffee catering company, but why did we sweep the floor? Why did we help that florist bring something in? Why did we spend 15 minutes putting gaffer's tape that's perfectly cut down? Those things don't connect. Right. Right. They just think, our team why just thinks, call the coffee. Before we and go. so why that, we, yeah. Exactly. So why do we send all these communications? Why is there so much communication mm-hmm. with the team? Why are there these checkpoints in our team app and all? So, a lot of those things can be answered when we communicate, hey, here's who we are as an organization and here's who we're called, how we're called to serve. Right. Here's our purpose. Here's our mission. Right. And our mission isn't just to serve coffee. Right. Our mission is to delight everyone in our presence and to create an experience that's memorable for everyone. Right. Whether they're the janitor at the venue or a partner, uh, a partner vendor or the client. We kind yeah. of joke. We kind of joke that the vendors are more important than the client. And I'll say that on a public podcast because the vendors if we can create a great experience at events with our surrounding yeah. vendors, it boosts the morale of the entire event. Right. And it's going to put everyone in a better position to serve. And we're probably not going to see that client again, unless they're a repeat corporate client. Right. We might not see that social client or that wedding client again, but we will see you mm-hmm. again. We will see this floral company or we will see right. this rental company. We'll actually right. probably see them next weekend. Right. And that's our fastest path to growth. And what we're really good at as a company is creating those connections with other vendors that are peers in our industry to where when they're talking with their clients, they're actually thinking, wow, Night Owl Coffee is awesome. Their team's amazing. Hey, by the way, what are y'all doing for coffee? Right. So we grow naturally through vendor relations, right. through someone like Render sitting down right. with a client and saying, hey, do y'all have a coffee plan? Like y'all were talking right. about beverage. Hey, here's right. who we recommend working with. Right. So I think that's what's really cool about our industry in general is how much 
those horizontal relationships actually take your business yeah. vertical. Well, and you have to care about those people because if you screw up, they're going to talk about you. And so there is kind of that pressure of like, I have to put my best foot forward. And not only do I have to I have to train my team to as well, because it's not just about showing up and doing your job because we can all show up and do our job and we can worry about our own company and we can make sure our things are clean and we can make sure that we show up on time and we pick up on time. But if we're just narrowed in and we have the blinders on and we're not looking outside and we're not looking at um, maybe we're doing rentals and somebody else is doing floral. Maybe they forgot their toolkit and I've got some stuff that you can use. Or maybe it's the coffee company or the bartending company or the catering company and they forgot gaffer's tape and we've got some because we've got lamps going on your bar. Hey, do you need some gaffer's tape? Like there's so and many to things. Offer, to offer someone the pricey item of gaffer's tape is, right. is no is no light gener- form of generosity. Correct. But it not only makes us look good, it makes you look good too, which means you're going to refer me in the future because you know we've got your back. Mm-hmm. And same thing with the planner. Planners are an invaluable relationship that we all love to have, and they're incredible people. But how often are they bringing in linens that they ordered to their house, and they have to get them from their Tahoe, these heavy boxes, and bring them inside? So what we do in our training team, we've got dollies, and we've got cards, and we've got all these things. Go offer to help the planner get those linens out of her car and bring them in for her. Maybe she's going to set them up, and she might be steaming them and all that. But we can at least lighten the load for her, bring him into the venue. So the book, she's going to be there all day. We aren't. It's a perfect. It's a perfect kind of circle back to the book recommendation, which is Unreasonable Hospitality. Yes. And the author who was uh, the head chef at Eleven Madison Park, which mm-hmm. was at one point the world's best restaurant, in accordance to the the voters. Yeah. Um, and one thing they did there, which he talks about, is a very hard list to get onto. Not only onto, but to be number one. Yeah. I mean, that's incredible. Right. Um, and so you don't make that list by being having great chefs and having great food product. You make that list because of what they call unreasonable hospitality. And so, right. as you mentioned, that idea of doing the extra things beyond your service, your service is what allows you to stay in business. Right. Your hospitality is allows you, what allows you to be great. So they talked about, well, there's five other stories. And so I'll, I won't spoil the other four, but one of them is they started to implement at their, their kind of host stand, which they also eventually ended up removing for a reason that was hospitality yeah. based. But while they had it, they would keep sacks of quarters, tons of quarters behind it. And every guest who would walk into New York, they would say, how did you arrive here today? You know, so excited to see you. How did right. you get here? And so they realized, well, we're in New York. You probably either took a taxi or you drove. Right. And so they and wanted you to be they fee. wanted you to be able to have a great experience with no anxiety or worry about the outside world. So they said these people are about to spend thousands of dollars in our restaurant. What if we just ask where their parking spot is? And we constantly kept our host stand people running around cars refilling parking meters with quarters. That's awesome. And there's this idea of like I haven't gotten there in that book. You I've spoiled that story for you, but That's it's okay. the idea of like the little tiny things that can make people feel better about being here with us. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, how can we in our industry help someone who's doing something horizontal to us, lateral to us, not our service, but how can we help them in tiny little ways? And ultimately it's going to allow them to have that same feeling that guests had at 11 Madison park, which is, man, it feels good to be here with them. Right. And I want to stay and I want to spend more or I want to refer them or I want them at more events with me. And I think that's what we've done a really good job of. 
For sure. Well, we, we love clients that want to come back tomorrow. We call yeah. those multi-day events and they're our best, it's the best <laughs> category. Um, but that's what we've focused for as many things as we've learned and made mistakes. The one thing we've always been really focused on doing well is that yeah. doing the little extra things that make people say, man, they were awesome to work with. Right. Cause we're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to have training errors. We're all going to have yeah. gaps in our team's knowledge and all, and we cannot be perfect there, yeah. but we can be perfect in our attempt for great hospitality. Yes. Yeah. Cause that's something we all can do. We can all think of like, Oh, that's crazy. Like, why would I do that? Why would I offer gaffer's tape that costs me 10 bucks a roll to help them? That's unreasonable. That's crazy. But those are the things that stick. We're paying 13. We need to find your supplier. Wholesale. <laughs> Go to wholesale, baby. Um, so one of my favorite ways to finish up the podcast, and you've already mentioned one of the books that you're reading right now, but what is another like number one book that you would recommend to anyone listening to this podcast and has been a substantial thing in your life? Yeah, I'll, you know, I really do think Unreasonable Hospitality is probably one of the best books I've ever writ, read in terms of it having immediate impact in your business. When I was in corporate America, this goes back from, you know, 2013 to 2017. Um, I was obsessed with reading. I've read every entrepreneur, every CEO's autobiography, right. whether it's Howard Schultz with Starbucks, whether it's Phil Knight with Nike, whether it's Elon's all, you know, the book about Elon or the book about, you know, Jeff Bezos's book, whatever it was, I know all their stories. I always found the kind of, you know, good to greats, another awesome book. Um, I always found just the stories of entrepreneurs and where they come from and how they've built massive empires, like the coolest yeah. stories on the face of the earth. Yeah. I remember in probably 2018 getting to a point where I felt like I had, it's almost like when you're on Netflix and you're like, there's nothing left to watch anymore. <laughs> I felt that way about autobiographies. Yeah. I was like, man, as much as, you know, as much as God bless America and I love our country, right. I don't want to start reading books about George Washington, and Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> I've literally, I have, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have exercised out all the autobiography yeah. of entrepreneurs. And I remember thinking, you know what? I think the next book is like starting to write my own and not necessarily writing my own book, but write my own story. Right. And I was like, there's nothing I could read anymore that would surprise me. Like these guys have amazing stories. Right. I mean, Elon, they've all done crazy things. Elon has a mind of his own. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were just born in eras and had minds that, you know, you can read all the stories and be impressed, but it's like, how much more do I have to read before I'm like, I want to create my own story mm -hmm. and within my own organization, have my own book to write in 30 years. So I think the book I would recommend, this is going to be your, your off cusp answer that the audience isn't expecting is to start thinking in the, the start thinking in the way of what would a book, what would my autobiography look like as a leader? And what are the things, what are the crazy things? You know, I even think that way sometimes I'm like, what would I want a book? to say about me that people mm -hmm. are like, wow, I can't believe that's how he operated. Right. Or that's how he. And so one thing for me is like, I love this idea of someone walking into you burning their resume. Yeah. You shredding it in front of their face and saying what you've done in the past doesn't matter. Today's right. a new day. Right. Now there's some checks and balances right. to that idea. <laughs> to make but, sure that they're actually. Yeah, like exactly. Or, or who they say they are right. um, or they fit the role. But yeah. I love the idea of like, hey, what are the, what are the quirky things I want yeah. people to say about me? What are the things I want people to say that I was great at right. or that I was horrible, horrible at or, or off or extreme right. or almost, learned from that. almost oddly charismatically attractive in the way he did something. Right. So 
I think that would be my encouragement is start to think about what do I want that book to say about me in yeah. 20 years. I love it. It's a great, great Because answer. if I just give another book recommendation, the same thing that's going to happen to my add to cart feature in Amazon is going <laughs> to happen to yours. <laughs> book 401 will stack up and your wife who or husband who shares accounts with you will have to click save for later. Right. And then your save for later basket will continue right. to build. Yeah. And the same things you added in 2019 will still yeah. be there. I will say, though, Unreasonable Hospitality has been a fantastic book so far. And that is one worth just buying now instead of just saving for later. Because it really is great. Buy it now. You can implement it into your business or even in just your personal life in one area. Yeah. I love a book that you're left, Immediately with, a, too. You're left with a takeaway. Yeah. So we're, we're excited to, at some point, probably in this quarter, if not the beginning of Q3, implement that into kind of just our team's way of thinking yeah. and having our team navigate that whole thought process on yeah. how can we do the things that the world says, that's a little crazy that you do that, but that make a difference and change yeah. people's lives. Love it. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Appreciate you, friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Where can and people find you if they want to book some coffee with you if they are local? Yeah. So, I mean, our, our biggest categories are, are obviously corporate and wedding. We're about 70% corporate, about 30% wedding, um, kind of throwing that 10% social bubble into the corporate category. Um, Nightowlcoffeecart.com. Um, we will probably always stay true to that URL. We started as a single coffee cart, you know, back in 2018. Um, and today are, are operating at a much bigger level, but just love the idea of always kind of being seen as a single cart company. I think it kind of keeps that mom and yeah. pop um, in I guess sentiment still alive while we're also operating a lot of mass mass scale events. So nightoutcoffeecart.com. I think one thing we're really good at is getting quotes, corporate custom proofs and all the renders needed to execute on an event out at a faster than normal pace. Uh, One thing we do well is win a lot of business quickly. Yeah. Um, And so if you're looking for any level of your hour rule, what's your rule of like how fast? um, So we have an automated response that says 24 hours. Mm -hmm. um, But during, what we would define as reasonable hours, everything gets out within one hour. That's awesome. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone beats us in that category. Yep. Um, but we also have a very, you know, we have a very streamlined service and product. Yeah. Um, and so we're able to do that. And so four hours. You have to build yeah, all so, these lounges exactly, together. Exactly. Yeah. So usually we can start with, hey, here's a base two hour espresso bar package. And then once we get right. that quote out, then we can modify that as right. we go down. Then oh, we nice. then we've expanded our runway with the client once we've had that first communication really efficiently yeah we can get them on the phone we can talk we can talk about exactly what they're trying to accomplish now the the single the single two hour events are very easy yeah you know as you know when it becomes a little bit more complex is when we're talking about multi-day build outs and large conferences and things like that so all to say back to our website um we have a, a traditional inquiry form as most vendor companies would in the event space so that takes about 30 to 60 seconds to fill out. So anytime I say where there are people, there should be good coffee. And especially where there are celebration events, there should be even better coffee. So yeah. that's what we do great is bring high energy staffing and like a very keen expertise on just great coffee. And then also incorporate a lot of corporate branding into what we do. And then, of course, even partner side by side with event rental companies for kind of elevate aesthetics of what we do um, in terms of adding on additional bars or even florals or things like that into our coffee catering experiences. Awesome. Thanks for being here.